privilege it is to be here today. Um, I have a, a, a short message for you that I wanted to share. Um, but first, Pastor Frank, he shared with you a moment ago about our judgment house. And I challenge you to just start praying today. Start praying today that uh, for those that are going to come through uh, Judgment House and that maybe their lives will be impacted by what they see and hear. If, you've not, if you're not familiar with what Judgment House is, we, we've done it many, many times. And in the last few years, we decided to skip a year. We've done it every year, but we've decided to skip a year. Well, we've skipped our year, and in January, we're going to do it. And what it is, it's a drama that's acted out in front of you as you walk through seven different scenes, 15 people at a time with a guide will walk through and watch a life of a group of people played out in front of them. And what's going to happen in this life and this drama that's played out in front of them, the people in the drama will have an opportunity to choose Christ or not to choose Christ. And you know, when we don't choose Christ, we automatically choose Satan. Okay, And what's going to happen at the end of this drama when you walk through it, you're going to be asked the same question. What do you choose? And it's a very impacting uh, drama that we uh, do here at First Baptist Church, and it's a great um, opportunity to invite your friends. You know, I've learned uh, uh, through my study that we should never, let me repeat, we should never assume someone's a Christian. Never assume that someone knows who Christ is as Lord and Savior. I believe that we should always just be ready to share who, who Christ is, no matter what we think that person might know, or, because you just never know. And invite your friends, uh, tell your family uh, to invite their friends, because it's very impacting. And as Pastor Frank said, uh, it, it does require a lot of people, at least 100 people to make this happen. And so uh, just be in prayer that where the, the Lord wants to use you, it doesn't matter how old or how young you, you can be as old as Pastor Frank, or you can be as young as myself, and uh, you, there's a place for you. But any, any, anyway, Pat, don't laugh. <laughs> he knows that I'm not young. Um, but anyway, we need everyone, we need everyone to be a part of that. So I just invite you to start in prayer uh, for that now because uh, it's a great fun and uh, we, we come together as a church and what a great thing that is. So um, there's that. Let me, let me ask you a question. I, have, I, I think about something. You know, Pastor Frank's not the only person that thinks. He does think a lot. He has a lot of questions sometimes. But I ask myself sometimes too, especially when I, when I, when I meet people in our community. You know, I wonder sometimes because are, are, are we, are you, are, are you a forgiven sinner? Or are you a redeemed saint? Now, this is what I want you to think about as we talk about uh, this message this morning. But before we get started, let me open up in a word of prayer. Father God, we praise your name. We thank you, Father, for who you are and what you are in the life of each of us and in the life of this body of believers we call the church. And Lord, as we know that you sent Christ to, to pay for our sin, remind us the joy that comes in that. Help us to understand that we serve a risen Lord and Savior, one who has made us new. 
And Lord, we just praise your name for that. Thank you for each person that's here. Speak to us in a way that we can understand. Make it clear, Father. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. I know, this, I know the gospel is a one-thing deal. It's just one. And, but the way I looked at it when I was, we were looking at this uh, message, there's, there's, maybe there's, there's parts of it. You know, it's a, it's a one thing, but there's parts of it when you look at it. And, and two-thirds of the gospel message, I believe, is, you know, oh, we all know that the first thing is Jesus died for our sin. Amen? Okay, Jesus died for our sin, and we are forgiven if we put our trust in him. Okay, the second thing, Jesus was resurrected from the tomb, correct? Okay, so which gave us what? New life in Jesus. This is what it gives us, a new life in Jesus. So this, this is, you see that this second part, if you will, of the gospel is very important. It's, it's, it's so important because think about it. If we omit, if we take out the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the gospel story, what do we end up with? Just forgiven sinners, if you think about it. Um, but when we, ce- when, we, when we celebrate his resurrection, we think about this new life that we have obtained, that he gave us, you know what it does? It makes us, it, we become redeemed saints. And, you know, did you know that knowing, maybe realizing, that the love of Christ allows us to be filled with the fullness of God? And so, we, we want all of what God has to offer, amen? We just don't want part. We, we, we want it all. That's how, you know, we want the fullness of God. And so to be a redeemed saint, not a forgiven sinner. This is, this is what it's going to take. And so if you, maybe you see yourself as a dirty old sinner who has just been forgiven. And, you know, I, I think... I, or, or maybe, maybe you're going to be hindered from, from coming into all that God has given you as his child. Maybe something's hindering that. Um, you know, the moment that a person believes in Christ, it says in Scripture that Christ literally washes him, literally washes this person from his sin with the blood that Jesus gave on the cross. Scripture tells us that. Uh, Revelations 1.5. I didn't put it on the screen, but if you want to write it down and look at it later, you've been cleansed from the, with the blood of Jesus Christ. And, and it says it's cleansing his soul from all sin. It tells us in 1 John 1.7. Also in Romans 3.24 and, and Hebrews 9.12, it says that he's supplying him with eternal, eternal redemption as a, as a believer of Jesus Christ. So what's eternal mean? It's forever, right? I mean, my hair was not eternal. I mean, it's just not forever, Paul. It just fell out when I started. Anyway, it's forever gone. It's forever gone. And I'm thinking that maybe one day, Pat, when we get to heaven, we're going to get some hair, buddy. I'm excited about that. But maybe it won't be important. But, you know, furthermore, through Christ's redemption, the saint has been completely freed from the curse of the law. The law was to show us that we can't stand up. We can't do it. We, and, you know, from, it tells us that we're, we're cured, we're, we're, we're completely freed from the curse of the law and from all inequity and from maybe even a vain life. Uh, you know, if you look at the word sinner in the, in the, in the Greek New Testament, uh, you find a word that's uh, harmartolos. It's uh, 
H-A-M-A-R-T-O-L-O-S. And in Greek, this word stands for devoted to sin. A sinner, not free from sin, wicked. The the second uh, definition says men who are stained with certain vices or crimes. And I can relate to the next one. It says heathens. (laughs) You know, but, but this means that a forgiven sinner is a person who has been forgiven but still in bondage to sin. And so here we have to ask ourselves, am I in bondage to sin? Are you in bondage to this sin as just a forgiven sinner? I mean, we can be forgiven but still sin, amen? Okay, good. We're still, we're still on the right page here. But, you know, would you, here's the question. Would you consider yourself a forgiven person who's devoted to sin? Would you, or maybe would you consider yourself someone who is forgiven but is wicked? I know some of you probably want to point at somebody, but don't do it. Okay? RP, I saw that. (laughs) Maybe, here's the thing, Jesus didn't just die to just forgive our sin, but he also died to free us from the power of sin. Free us from the power of sin. 2 Corinthians 5.17 tells us that, Therefore, if anyone, if anyone is in Christ, the new creation has come. Encouraging, huh? The new creation has come, and listen, this is what I like. The old has gone, and the new is here. I mean, what good news is that? So if, if he only came to forgive us, then we could just use the term forgiven sinner. But he did more than that. Um, I don't know about you, but the old sinner in me died. The old sinner in me died and was buried with Christ in that tomb. It was placed on that cross and buried in that tomb. But here's the, here's the great thing. I am a new creation in Christ when that tomb became empty. When that tomb became empty, I became new in Jesus Christ. You know what that means? I'm a redeemed saint. Oh, Preston, you better be careful. No, no. I'm God, I, I've got all this out of the Scripture. And you remember what I tell the children, right? What is this? It's God's. It's the Bible. What's in it? God's Word. What does it tell us? Everything we need to know. And it tells me I'm a redeemed saint. So what? I need to act like that, hey? I need to act like that. I need to be excited. Now, we need to talk about what a saint is, what it means to be a saint. Now, C.S. Lewis says it like this. The stamp of the saint is the is that he can waive his own rights and obey the Lord Jesus. C.S. Lewis said, the stamp of a saint is that he can waive his own rights and obey the Lord Jesus. So, a saint is someone who is holy. Well, Preston, I've watched you in action, and you're not that. Yes, I am. Scripture tells me that we, are, we have been made holy with the righteousness of God through the blood shed by Jesus Christ. 2 Corinthians 5.21 says, He made him who knew no sin to be sin on our behalf, so that, summary, so that we might become the righteousness of God in him. 
So I stand before you perfect, righteous, and holy, not because of anything that I have done, but all because of the cross. And now listen, that should bring joy to our lives knowing that. That should bring excitement to our lives knowing that. You know, when, when, when Paul was writing the church to the church in Corinth, um, the first, first chapter, chapter, first, uh, let's see, slow down. 1 Corinthians chapter 1, verse 2, he calls the people in Corinth, Paul does, saints and redeemed. Now, that's how we know that he's talking to believers. That's how we know that he's talking to believers. And, and you know, a few, few verses, few chapters later, he just gets into them. He chews them out about how they're acting and how they're not living Christ-like, how they're sexually immoral. They've got problems, and he's calling them out. And he's talking to him about it. And, but just a few verses later, he calls them redeemed and calls them saints. So if, if Paul referred to them as saints, then I think it, it becomes clear that a saint is not someone who is perfect by the things they did. It is someone who's been made perfect through the blood of Christ. It's very important that we understand this because one of the biggest reasons why we remain in bondage to sin or maybe unable to celebrate our sainthood is because we don't believe the truth. I think we take it for granted sometimes. Well, you know, I messed up yesterday and I was at the red light and there was this lady and she couldn't see that far over her, you know, and I said some things, and I blew the horn, and I went around her with grit. We've all been there. It's hard sometimes. We're not going to be perfect, but because of Christ and the blood, I'm perfect. I try to tell my wife, and she don't understand either. She ignores me. Uh, but that's what we do, I think. We ignore the truth. We fail to realize the, the, the significance of what God has done through his son. Um, In John, the book of John, we find in chapter 8, verses 31 through 33, Jesus speaks on this. So Jesus was saying this to those believing Jews who had believed that he was who he says he was. And it says that if you continue in my word, then you are truly disciples of mine. And you will know the truth. And we know the rest. And the truth will set us free. Free from what? Sin. Free from the old. Free from not able to do it on our own. So when, when we search for Christ by studying our Bible, by fellowship, by coming here to learn more about him, by breaking bread on Wednesday nights as we do, uh, we're, we're doing biblical stuff. And, 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 and you're learning about him by following Christ, by fellowshipping with others and following him by praying, by building a relationship with Christ, the more we become aware, this is what happens. This is, we become more aware of God's goodness by doing these things. But if we just float around and, and, and not practice that, we're going to be more aware of what the world around us is telling us. And, and the more we love him, Christ, the more we love the Lord, the more we're going to develop a hatred for sin the more we're going to not want it in our life. Um, you know, as we become more like Christ, as we become more like God, we will love the things that he loves, start to hate the things that we know he hates. Um, 
So, you know, here's my challenge that I have for us today. As I said, it's, 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 we're almost out of time, Daryl. So Daryl always wants me to preach 45 minutes, so we've got at least 20 more minutes. Are you good with that? Just kidding. <laughs> no, but here's what I want to challenge you with today. Here's my challenge. Since you are a redeemed saint, everybody say redeemed saint. We can do better. Redeemed saint. Mm. Since you are a redeemed saint, find joy in the everyday happenings. Find joy in life. It's not a drag. Circumstances throw things at us that sometimes make us go, you know, it's a drag. But what we know about the truth, man, (laughs) that's why you see this knucklehead with a a smile a lot. And I know I'm that person that people look at me and go, oh, something's wrong because I'm always running my mouth or cracking jokes. And when I'm silent, oh, something must be wrong. But I believe without a shadow of a doubt that I am new. I am new, new, new. And I stand before God perfect, righteous, holy. That's big. I don't know about you, but that's just big to me. And so I challenge you as a believer, enjoy Enjoy the benefits of being a Christ follower. It's fun. It's exciting. You know, I know I'm going to mess things up, but I know he's already secured my place. He tells us that I'm going to, he told his disciples, I'm going to prepare a place for you. And I'm going to come and I'm going to get you. And where I will be, you will be. Man, I don't care if he's in Felda. I'm going to be with the Lord. I pick on Felda because that's where my in-laws are from and my wife, the big city. But we, we, we must, I mean, you've got to look for the positive. Almost we need to be in awe. Think about it. We need to be in awe of what God has done for you. Be in awe that God has saved you from who you are. Basically, he saves us from ourselves. I think... The gospel is one, it's one thing. But the third part, the third part I believe has to do with a spiritual warfare. And, you know, Satan attacks our mind. I mean, this is, this is where he plays, this is where he, he tempts us so much, he's always there telling us how we're a failure. You're a loser, you're no good. You know, you wretched sinner. You know, he's constantly attacking our mind. This is why this verse in 1 John 3, 8 is one of the... I want, it's, it's top five for me, top five that I like. It says in, 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 in 1 John 3, 8, He who does what is sinful is of the devil. Because the devil has been sinning from the beginning. Here's the part I like. The reason the Son of God appeared was to destroy the devil's work. Destroy the devil's work. So he's finished. He's done. There's, there's no changing that. This is almost like, you know, some of the things in here hasn't happened yet, but I believe it to be so true, I think of it as history. It's not the future. It's history because it's true. It's going to happen. And that's exciting news too, amen? But that's the reason the Son of God appeared was to destroy the devil's work. We, we can find in Luke chapter 9 where 
uh, verse 1 where uh, the, the, the author was telling the, uh, that the, the preparation of Pentecost. And Jesus trained the disciples and he sent them out to, to minister. And you know what he did? He gave them. This is what God, the, the scripture tells us that Jesus gave them the power and authority to drive out demons. I don't know if you, have you ever seen a demon? Don't say you're married to one. But this is real stuff, people. It's a spiritual warfare that we are in battle with. But you know what? It's not all the time um, demons and all, you know, this stuff. That's real. But sometimes, what do you think? Do you think that the Lord gave you the same power and authority that he gave those disciples? Yes. You just got to tap in. Just got to know, know how to use it. We just got to use it and be willing to. So spiritual warfare, I think, it's not always demonic curses or casting out demons. It can be as a simple thought in your head. It can be as simple as a negative thought or a temptation. Scripture tells us that that's Satan's main objective, is to pollute our minds and try to make us understand that we are taking care of everything and that everything we need to do is independently from God and we don't need him. That's all Satan's doing is tempting us in some sort of way. This is spiritual warfare. He's attacking your mind. So here's, here's the last thing. Remember to live the gospel. Don't just talk about it. Live it out. Be exciting to know that you've been saved from your sin. So direct your thoughts to live as a redeemed saint. Redeemed saint, not just a forgiven sinner. I mean, we are forgiven and we are still sinning, but Scripture doesn't say Hey, you need to just do it, you know, you got to do this every day when you sin. You got to re-ask God to forgive you. No, you don't. You've been made righteous. We read it. I read it to you. You're righteous. All because of the cross. God is good. Amen? Amen. So here's the invitation. I invite you. Maybe you need to come and pray at the altar. Maybe you've never asked Jesus to forgive you of your sin. Maybe you've never realized that you are made righteous and you thought that this that you're just a loser or you're just forgiven. And you know, hopefully when you get there, man, I sure hope I'm okay when I get there. No, you are okay before you get there. He wants us to find joy today. It's exciting to be here, isn't it? I mean, one of the things my, my dad would always say is say, Dad, it's good to see you. He said, it's good to be seen. It's exciting to be here today, isn't it? Amen, amen. So I invite you, come um, as Tara comes forward to, to lead us. Um, if you want to ask the Lord to be your uh, Savior, if you want to just pray and thank him for uh, uh, the, the, the perfection that you have through him, you come. Uh, if you want to join the church, uh, maybe you, you've been coming for a long time, but you're, you know, like, how do I be a member? It's important to be a member because that says that you're on, you're on the team, you know. You're on the team of First Baptist Church, and so if you're on the members list, Pastor Frank's going to have your name and your address, your email, your phone number. So when Judgment House rolls around, we'll know how to get a hold of you. But no, you come because God is who he says he is, and that's the Savior of the world. Amen?
Amen. Let me pray. Lord, thank you again for what you are and who you are. And Lord, just speak clearly to us. Lead us to realize joy in living for you. Let's stand as we worship.